Good morning, everyone. It's Sunday, the 14th of June. I hope that you are all well, and I'm delighted to be able to lead you in worship this morning. So welcome to everyone. Next Sunday is the 21st of June, and we're going to have an all-age service in the morning. And so we look forward to that. And then the evening service is the third Sunday of June. It's hard to believe. And we will do our Zoom live service again beginning at 6.30. Now, for security reasons, you need to have a code emailed to you so that you can join us for that service. And so make sure that uh, you're on our email list as a church uh, so that you can share in that live service of fellowship together. We are here to worship the Lord this morning and I want to read to you these words just as we set our worship in the context of the God who has loved us in Jesus. The words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We began with those words from Peter, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this new day, this day to worship you, this day for you to hear our prayers, a day to know your kingly authority over every situation in our life that we give to you. This takes humility to acknowledge that we stand under you every moment. It takes humility to acknowledge that we need you not just when life has gone wrong, but especially when it's going well. And it is to the humble that you are the anxiety lifter today, because they are the ones who have turned to you for your kingly help. And so, Lord, we have been singing, proclaiming your greatness as through Jesus, as our Saviour and our Lord. But now for a moment, we stop speaking and we listen. We listen to you. We listen to this record of Jesus' words on that hilltop long ago. And just as he spoke then, he is speaking to us today. He's not speaking to someone else, Lord. He's speaking to us. Because it is we who you want to show your love and grace to today. It is our path that our life is on that you are interested in and you care about the direction it is taking us. Lord there is no one like you for our lives. We run to you today. We go to you for our needs and our fears and our hopes. Lord we go to you for forgiveness because there's no point in proclaiming and asking you for our needs and our fears and our hopes if we're not first in a good relationship with you. And Jesus died on a cross to break down that barrier that our sins had resulted in your holiness and our unworthiness. And Jesus, by his death, has lived our life 
has died our death. And because he is risen, because we run to him, we are embraced as your own. That when you look at us, you look at us through your son in whom we have faith as Saviour and Lord. So Lord, hear our prayers today. You know our needs. You know our anxious hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us and speak to us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's reading is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you no much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God. Amen. I want to thank Desi for reading and for Leslie and Jack for leading us again in worship through these days of being apart as a community. Do not worry. Hands up if you are a worrier. And if you're a worrier, I want to picture yourself on this hillside with Jesus as he said these words. Here's the Son of God speaking to everyone and he's speaking to them about daily struggles. And by these gracious words, he is saying, I know something about you. I know that you struggle with financial fears, the threat of job loss, the fear of this virus. I know that you worry about life. I know that you worry about your family. I know you worry, but I'm saying to you, if you're in the kingdom of God, there is no need to worry. Jesus says to you and me, therefore, do not worry. Now, when you see a therefore, you've got to look at what it's there for, because it connects to what has gone on before. And what has Jesus been saying before? He's been talking about not storing up uh, earthly treasures but eternal treasures he's been saying that God is our master so Jesus is saying therefore if you store up eternal treasures and if God is your master then do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink 
Do not worry about your body, what you will wear, and do not worry about the future. So how does he displace worry in our hearts? And he does that by filling it with something much greater. He talks about, firstly, that we have a loving father. You have a loving father who cares for you. Do you believe that God is good and loving? Yes. Do you believe that this good and loving God is all powerful? Yes. And that as God, he has a purpose and a, a plan that includes those who look to him. Then there is no reason to fear anything. For he is in control of everything and you are included in his care. Now, I know that's good theology. You probably believe it. But why do we still have fears and worries and apprehensions? Why do we have a hollow place in the pit of our stomach, either sometimes or all the time? It's one thing to know something with your mind. It's another thing to believe it in your heart. I want you to think about a small child as they face their fear of darkness when they're going to sleep at night. You go into the room and first of all, you appeal to their mind. You turn on the light. You show there's, there's nothing scary in the cupboard or under the bed. And as you appeal to their mind, you appeal uh, to their heart to live in, in the light of what they have seen with their mind, to attune their heart to what their mind has accepted. That is the process of faith in all of us. Tell yourself that he is in control. Tell yourself that you have a loving father who cares for you. And as you tell yourself that, we shift our burdens and the, the, the emotions in our heart to his loving shoulders. Now, how does Jesus get us to know that we have a loving father. How does he tell us to tell uh, our hearts uh, what our minds uh, uh, see? And he first of all says, look at the birds. And basically he is saying, have you ever seen a bird plowing a field? Have you ever seen a bird planting seeds in furrow, furrows or storing away for tomorrow? The obvious answer is no. They just enjoy what God has provided today, whether through what they find in creation or that you give to them on a bird feeder. And then Jesus says, you as human beings are the apex of creation made in his image. And so if God cares for birds, how much more will he care for you who is the apex of his creative work? You alone are made in his image. Then Jesus says, look at the lilies. Um, these would have been springtime flowers in Palestine that were so colourful, they would light up the fields. And Jesus says, these, these lilies, these flowers that you see, they don't labour like men do in fields. They don't spin like women do in the home. And yet their beauty cannot be matched even by Solomon in all his splendour. And then Jesus goes on to say that even the worthless grass, which was collected and used in, in, as fuel for the ovens, 
is from God's hand. So as you look at the lilies and even the grass, that, that it comes from God's hand. Jesus says, will he not much more clothe you and feed you and care for you? So Jesus is asking us to look around in creation and asking us, do you see a world aflame with the presence of God and the care of God and the creativity of God? If you do, and you see his presence in creation, then tell your mind that you are worth much more than the beauty of the world around you. Jesus is arguing from the lesser to the greater and argues that if God provides for the lesser, birds and flowers, then surely he will provide for the greater, human beings, you and me, made in his image. We are the most important treasures on earth to God, and that is why we shouldn't worry about his care over us. So you look at the, bir the, the birds. Do they worry? No, they just take each day as it comes. Jesus says, look at creation and see God's care over it to enable you to see the loving Father's care of you. Or look at the flowers. You buy some today and by Wednesday they've started to, to wilt. Yet God took great delight in creating a world with them. But we're not flowers. We are living souls. And Jesus has come not that you will wilt, but that you can live forever somewhere. And all these things, as we look at them, makes us realise that we are infinitely more valuable than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. We have a loving Father. So allow that truth to change how you feel in your heart. Secondly, you don't just need a loving Father. We need a solid trust. A solid trust. You know, we believe like theists, we believe there's a personal God, one God who's made the world, but we act like atheists. We live as if there is not a personal God out there. We say we believe in God, we say we trust in God, we say we are sustained by God, and yet we trust in ourselves, and therefore we get anxious when life is not going the way we want. So either we trust in God or we don't and we're trusting in ourselves. And Jesus, by these words here, is calling us to a solid trust. Why? Because when you worry, it displaces God in your life. You're living as if God is not there. He's not loving. He's not caring. He's not concerned of your, with your problems. Um, worry has its root in the love of what we treasure. That's where he started. We worry about what we treasure and therefore we want to protect it. Jesus says, don't make earthly treasures um, your be end and all, end all of your life. Um, earth, seek heavenly treasures and therefore you, you're not going to get so worried then about your earthly treasures. Now, I know some of you have been going through a really rough time in terms of finances and your businesses and even your health. And I am concerned for you. Now, the interesting thing is that Jesus is not saying that you shouldn't have earthly treasures. He admits that earthly treasures make life better. Not only the basics like food, drink and shelter, but also the beautiful things like clothes and pearls. Jesus enjoyed dinner parties at people's homes. 
Not only that, Jesus says that God cares about these things too. He made a world with beautiful food in it. He enjoys the fact that we enjoy beautiful things. So it's not that he is against it. His problem is that the earthly treasures don't last. So don't make them your ultimate desire and Lord. Don't make them what your life significance is dependent on. Don't put your trust in what will not last. You can enjoy it. You can appreciate it. But don't make that what defines your life. Your relationship to God and being in his kingdom is ultimately what defines your life. What gives you true joy? I've taken a number of funerals recently and every time I am aware that it, when it comes to that moment in someone's life, all that you have is you and your relationship to God. At the end of your life, this is the one relationship, the one treasure that makes your life significant and hope-filled and brings genuine celebration to those who knew you and loved you. But so often people are throwing eternity away because of a desire to keep the bank account better. And therefore they're depressed when it's going down because their security and their trust is so built into it. So I want you to think about today, do you have food on the table? Do you have clothes to wear? Is God providing these basic necessities for you? Well, I want you to remember who Jesus is speaking to. Many of them are poor. These people that are gathered on this mountain, much of their daily routine is spent trying to get enough supplies for day-to-day -day existence. There's no refrigerators to store away. Uh, they may have some dry grain, but they are living from day to day. And that's why Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer to give thanks for our daily bread. And Jesus is forcing even the poorest people to agree that they must focus on the most important issues of life and to trust in God's care in everyday situations. He's asking them to have a solid trust in God, who is the loving Father over them, as a foundation on which their life is built. And if you see your life and your need of a loving Father, and a solid trust in him, everything else in your life is just decoration. It can come and go, but it doesn't define what your life is about. Therefore, thirdly, if we're people of the kingdom, we need a refusal to make worry part of our life. We need to refuse to worry. Think of that young child afraid of what lurks in the dark in her bedroom. She is taught not to be anxious as the loving parent shows her there is nothing to be afraid of. We need to train ourselves to refuse to worry. Firstly, because it doesn't work. Someone said worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And so when you're worrying, I want you to think about yourself in that rocking chair doing something, but not getting anywhere with it. Worry doesn't work because it doesn't change anything. T tell yourself that. There's no good in worrying. It's not going to change anything. Secondly, worry is rooted in fear. We worry about what could hurt us. Uh, we worry about 
what we could lose. We never worry about what is good. You never hear someone said, oh no, I hope the pay bonus won't ruin me. No, you worry about what you may lose. Worry is rooted in fear. Therefore, you need to refuse to worry because you need to get fear out of your heart. Thirdly, worry distracts you from the things that really matter. As long as you're worrying, you can't do anything else. You're strangled by worry. In fact, that's the root of the word uh, from the Old English. It means to be strangled. That's the word they chose to this, this emotion that grips their heart. But more than anything else, this is what Jesus is saying. Worship, uh, worry is essentially pagan. If we worry as unbelievers do, then it is clear that we are after the same thing that they are after. If our worry is advertising loudly that we do not believe in a loving father in whom we can trust, that's what our worry is showing. But we do have a loving father. Look at the birds. Our worries, yes, we have them. Jesus acknowledges that. But they must not sound like the worries of the world. So when the Christian faces the pressure of an examination. Does the Christian sound like the pagan next to them? When he is short of money, even for the essentials, does he complain with the same tone, the same words, the same attitude as those around him? When there is tension in work about something like working conditions or something else, does she sound like the girl who never graces church? Jesus is saying, away with secular pagan thinking. You have a heavenly father who knows what you need and he will meet your needs who trust in him and do not worry. Well, maybe you're thinking, maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe deep inside you wonder if you're worth anything to God. Because if you feel bad about yourself, if you regard yourself as never quite measuring up, you are going to have a hard time trusting God because you'll not see yourself worthy of his love. But if you look to him, he has promised to take care of you. You are worth more than a million birds to him. Because while the birds are God's creatures, you and me are God's children through faith in Jesus. Now, does that meal mean we'll never miss a meal? No. Does it mean We'll always have a job? No. Does it mean we'll always have food on the table? Does it mean that we will never go hungry? No. But if you know you have a loving God who in Jesus has come to give you the promise of an eternal new world, then our temporary problems are put in the light of his love. And that's how Jesus ends with what it's all about. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness but then he says, and all these things will be added to you as well. So as you seek heavenly treasure, and your heart is not yearning after earthly treasures, Jesus promises that, that the Lord will provide what you need on earth as you long for heaven. Kingdom life, Jesus says, should be characterised by an absence of worry because you're under the care of the king of the kingdom in which you come. That's why he says, live for today. Leave tomorrow to God. That's how he finishes. Tomorrow will have enough troubles of its own. So why add to them? You have enough troubles today. 
but live your troubles in the light of God's care and God's strength and give thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he has given Jesus Christ his Son. And now let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. So look around at what we have and what God has done and then say, thank you. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are a loving father. And this world is aflame with your care in the birds and the flowers. But how much more do you care for us? Because not only are we made in your image, but also because of our allegiance to Jesus, your son. So help us, Lord, to trust you because Jesus is the king of our lives and he is a king who has come with all power and authority. Help us, Lord, to trust you even when life is not going the way we want. Help us, Lord, to take a step back. When we all we can see is our problems and our worries, to take a step back and give thanks for what we already have and for what you have done for us in Jesus. And so, Lord, as we train our hearts to emotionally settle because of the truth of who you are for us, enable our hearts to push out worry out of our lives and out of our lives treasures as we treasure you as Jesus shows how much you treasure us. And though the grass is here today and gone tomorrow, help us to see, Lord, that we are children stamped with your eternity because of your kingdom that will last forever. And so, Lord, help us to lift our eyes today to you and your glory and your love and your grace and your coming kingdom. Help us to be generous. Help us to be free, free from earthly possessions, to serve others and to serve you freely with grateful hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.